Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Friday morning to you. Mike McNamara for a Friday edition of All Marine Radio. Hope you're having a good Friday so far. So I have a question for you. You can send me an email if you want. Send it to live at allmarineradio at gmail.com. Here's the question. Uh, what's going to be the biggest impact to your life as the whole COVID thing begins to recede inside of its banks? So I was thinking about that as I, uh, Kim and uh, Greg Lotus going to join me here in about 14 minutes. And um, so the biggest impact to me was its impact on um, what I do. I mean, other than wearing a mask, you know, went to the store, went to Home Depot. I mean, the biggest impact uh, really in my life were work in that I didn't go and speak as much. And um, the fact that Colleen was home, being homeschooled every day. Not homeschooled, but schooling at home. Yeah, for a year. And um, so what's going to change? And, and I'll tell you, in Orange County here, I mean, people, you know, immediately, they, they ridicule California, right? Oh, you California. You know, Orange County, we haven't done the like lockdown <laughs> like other places evidently the restaurants here they've been open 
you know, indoor dining, a lot, you know, open the windows and, you know, and then put tables outside. And I mean, so that part of my life hasn't been, you know, hasn't been greatly compromised. Um, so what'll be the biggest impact? Um, to me, the, the other thing is, you know, the ability to go to, uh, go to, to a baseball game, a hockey game that I would go to, but, um, and then not to have to wear a mask at some point in time. Or, or again, if you simply, if you forget your mask, right, you don't have to stop and go get one or something like that. So I'd be curious, what's the biggest impact on your life as this thing, as this thing comes to a close? Um, I, I had to, again, the whole, the Joe Biden thing is to me getting really creepy. You know what I mean? Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't interact with the the public right and when he goes on it's like he's scolding you <laughs> i feel like he's scolding you and i don't watch i don't watch too much of it anymore but the clips i see what i see it's like he's scolding us um the other i'll tell you the other one of the interesting things about the whole covid thing uh the this 1.9 trillion dollar event that uh that the nation's going to do is the the amount of money that rescues local pension funds. I'm kind of curious about that because I've I've watched that as an issue since I served on the city council, and it got on my radar how many municipalities around the country um, their pension plans are. Um, insolvent um they're upside down uh a lot of money and so among other things that were put into this bill um you know i i've read that that's that's part of it um and you know i I was thinking this morning as i was getting ready to do the show that 2020 is going to be a year that you know think about think about what happened right um donald trump gets reelected i mean donald trump gets reelected if um if without covid i mean he comes close to being reelected with covid but he, he i think there's i mean the, the way the economy was going blah 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 so um you have a change of administrations and a change in trajectory uh for the United States one of the interesting things um i don't know how much news i'll get to but one story i want to talk about is uh the united states india japan and australia in the pacific um beginning to um to be more formalized, more, uh, more together. And so again, my biggest criticism of Donald Trump, uh, other than his, his lack of a bedside manner and that's being kind, but, um, 
is the Trans-Pacific Partnership that he didn't care for. He liked bilateral agreements, yet we didn't do any bilateral agreements. So, but I'm curious, how do you th- how is your life going to change? How is your life going to change? Um, what's the biggest impact on your life? Uh, happy Friday. Answer your question. First, the gym's opening. Not just for me, but many elderly in my area who go there daily to swim, to lift, and do cardio classes. Second, restaurants indoor, and some mom-and-pop stores can reopen if they can financially do so. Um, yeah, looking forward to seeing North Dakota. By the way, difference in both North and South Dakota is a good question for Chef and Greg. Um, yeah, I'll, I will ask them. I don't think there's much of a difference between the two, <clears throat> honestly. I think when you get into the upper Midwest, you have uh, a lot of the same values. Uh, and I think you could almost throw a blanket. Minnesota's different, certainly. As you get more towards the Great Lakes, it, you get different. Uh, Minnesota's different. Wisconsin, I would say not as different as Minnesota. Minnesota gets run by this liberal Twin Cities thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so Minnesota has this this you know, liberal streak to it, but the whole state's conservative except the Twin Cities and the Twin Cities. Like, you know, again, look at the state of New York. You know, Will will talk about this, right, when he's on. State of New York, um, you know, is a bunch of small towns. Albany, Schenectady, Buffalo, big town, right? On, uh, you know, there was a a commerce center. New York City sucks the life out of, you know, out of... uh, out of the state of New York. And, you know, and so it goes around the, around the nation. Illinois, outside of Chicago, is what? Agriculture, <laughs> right? Farm country. Um, yet Chicago dominates the state. Um, and it tends to be that way. So um, here's another one. My gym will be the biggest thing for me. Yeah, you know, I, I again, by coincidence, I built a gym in my backyard. And, um, and so that would, that's not an, that's not an impact for me or it wasn't. So as I said, that's, uh, I, I was thinking about that this morning. So good morning to you. Whitney Houston's going to sing the national anthem. I'll do a quick check of the news. I just want to get to that one story about the United States, Japan, um, India. And, um, I will tell you to me, India is, is, is a huge player in all of this. And, uh, not exactly China, China's friend. So Whitney Houston sings the national anthem on this Friday morning. Um, good morning to you.
This is dedicated. I don't have anybody to dedicate this to today. So it's not dedicated to anybody. betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think and you don't say it honestly and bluntly what keeps you awake at night nothing i keep other people awake at night for this campus had prepared him well <clears throat> i'm very confident that thank you very much <clears throat> if this was vodka it'd be a lot better speech <clears throat> But I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And Sergeant Major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago. Persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win. Time to check the weather. Currently it is cloudy and 63, so warmed up on the east coast, sunny and 73, North Carolina at Camp Lejeune. 
cold in California, in Southern California. Sunny in 43 at 29 Palms. Camp Pendleton, sunny in 50. Yeah, in March, go figure. Camp Smith in Hawaii, dark cloud, dark raining in Hawaii. And 72, Okinawa, dark cloudy in 65. In Darwin, dark cloudy in 80. And in Norway, raining in 40. Currently at the home of All Marine Radio, partly cloudy in 51. Looking for a high of 59 today, 61 on Saturday and Sunday, 59 on Monday, 62 on Tuesday. That sucks, man. The um, all right. There's one news story that I that I just want to touch on very quickly. Let's see. So, let me see. Five hours, just military, guardsmen, transition, China, blah, 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 blah. Navy warships, national security, blah. It'll have to wait. So uh, I will get uh, Kim on and uh, Greg Lotus here, and uh, we will. We will go ahead and uh, commence with the. Good morning. What's going on, Kim? Just another day in paradise. Beautiful, sunny day. Yeah, right. Come on, tell <laughs> the truth. What's uh, Why don't you give us the weather, and then we'll we'll decide if it's another day in paradise. <clears throat> well, uh, it's above zero. Okay, well, that... Uh... It's going to be 34 today, 45 tomorrow, or maybe 40 today. I don't know. It's not fucking freezing. That's all I'm saying, man. There you go. There you go. All right. So that's not exactly qualifying as paradise, no, but it's not your paradise. On that's a, for damn sure. On a relative <laughs> basis, right? It's uh, paradise like. Yeah. Well, you know, only in my fantasy land. There you go. <laughs> Well, no, paradise. You're living in paradise. I don't. It's cold here. Paradise is uh, a relative term. Greg Lotus joins us. I think. Greg, what's going on? How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I, okay, so let me ask okay. guys. Let me ask you guys a question. Um, yeah. uh, what will you? What are you most excited about as uh, the whole COVID thing recedes into its banks and life gets more normal? Um, Kim, Kim, what are you most excited about? I, I just uh, want to see everybody get their shots. And, no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. I don't mean peace, love, and mankind. What are you personally most excited about to be able to do? I got my shot, both of them, and I'll be able to go wherever I want shortly. That's what I'm most excited about. I, yeah, I haven't had breakfast with... Uh, Greg, in over a year, uh, 
I haven't been in a restaurant in over a year. Wow. That's so amazing. that's what I'm most excited about, if you want to be specific. Yeah, no, that's what I'm looking for. Greg, how about you? Um, most excited to be able to do what again? I think I don't think there's one thing. Um, I think it's an overall sense of uh, not the worrying, not being there um, with the health conditions that you may have or somebody else might have um, with the numbers decreasing and the vaccinations and everything else. The fact that peace of mind is the thing I'm most excited about. And, and as I think um, you could attribute that to everyone, regardless of if they're a socialite or a hermit, uh, but being able to go to a grocery store, not having to uh, alcohol your hands, scrub the cart, uh, stay away from people in line, uh, extending your hand to shake someone else's uh, because that's what you're taught to do and it's proper. Um, but I think the peace of mind thing, uh, you can't pay for it. And I think that's what everyone's going to be excited about. I realized that there was a lot of uh, specials on the TV this week about a year ago last year. If you think about it, um, everything was shut down. It was DEFCON 4. People were worried. Um, there was lockdowns and American people aren't used to that or North America. North American people are used to that. And now that um, the vaccine is coming and uh, it's here and you can go through proper protocols, I think you can't pay for that peace of mind, Matt. Got it. Got it. I was thinking, you know, my here, I don't know, probably for the last, I don't know how, I don't know how long, but I mean, the restaurants have been open. Um, go to the store, go to Home Depot, you wear a mask. That's not much of an impact. The biggest impacts on my life were calling, you know, being schooled at home uh, for the past, uh, essentially for the past year. And, uh, and then the impact on uh, my speaking and my business, uh, which, you know, which, uh, you know, hopefully will, uh, will come back and, uh, and I'll be able to go. And, you know, I'm supposed to go to Hawaii three times and Hawaii had some of the most, uh, stringent, you know, lockdown stuff in the country. So, um, but I was, I was, I was thinking like, okay, so, you know, what's the, what, what has been, so let me ask you this. What was the biggest impact on your life over the course of last year? Kim, just not, just, just not being able to, I mean, not being able to go to a restaurant. Big, that, not, being able, not be able to hang with people. Uh, the few that I know here. But uh, it's just being cooped up. Right. I mean, I handled that cooped up shit well, but but I wasn't happy about it. But, you know, what are you going to do? Well, <laughs> not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Greg, biggest impact on your life was what? Well, I, I would say it was uh, going to watch, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, my kids' sporting events and how things were delayed and or you couldn't, uh, some districts had rules where there was absolutely no fans allowed. And when you have uh, kids that are in high school or wherever, and you're not able to go witness their uh, games, then it's difficult uh, because you want to be there to support them. Uh, and, and that's taken away from you. So when your privileges are taken away, 
in a certain sense, you it makes you reevaluate things and not take them for granted. Yeah. So I think for for a lot of people, um, this can be, um, you know, this is a, one thing that's going to be talked about for a hundred years. Uh, you know, that our kids are going to tell their grandchildren about the time where, you know, they couldn't go out for a year and, and they're going to look up at them and say, what, you couldn't go out for a year? And it's going to be the whole uh, uphill both ways in the uh, 12 inches of snow kind of deal, you know? Um <laughs> But but yeah. but that's gonna be that's gonna be their battle, and so I think what it does, Mac is uh, and and Kim, what it does is it puts things into perspective for people, and they tend to prioritize things uh, a lot swifter, and put things at the top of the list that really matter because the things we take for granted. Um, those are the things that were taken away. And when individual freedoms get taken away, uh, it makes you really take a good hard look at, at what's taking place. Right. Well, and be thank yeah. And as you said, and kind of, but, uh, and to be thankful that, geez, you know, I, I used to take every bit of this for granted. And, uh, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize, uh, once, uh, these things start getting pinched, um, um, you know, how lucky, how fortunate I am. Tom Brady just signed a four-year contract. <laughs> I saw that. Hey, you- he's giving $19 million in salary cap relief. And here's the funny thing with that, Mac. I just text my son that, that Tom Brady just signed a deal that's going to give the Tampa Bay Buccaneers $19 million in cap room this year. And other quarterbacks keep wondering why this guy continues to win, even though he's amongst the top, not top 10, top 20 quarterbacks paid in the league, but he's got, he's got seven rings and they're saying, you know, Dak Prescott's making 40 million, Russell Wilson, 35 million, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Go get your money. But those guys make up money in other ways, in endorsements and everything else. But Tom Brady keeps going with his plan and does things for the good of the team. No, don't get me wrong; he still gets paid. Yeah. Um, but he's, but it's certainly he's doing all right. It's certainly not the going rate. Well, he, if he wanted to, well, and again, contrast that with what just yesterday Kansas City released their two offense starting tackles. offensive tackles. That's right. That's no. That's no. That's no joke, right? No. There are two offenses starting offensive tackles. I'm sure Pat Mahomes is real excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, that's what's getting Russell Wilson out of Seattle, right? Tired of being hit, and I guess maybe some maybe some other stuff. But um, but you know you contrast Tom Brady's business model with you know again four years. How old is Tom Brady? He's forty. He's going to be forty-two. Forty. He's going to be. He's forty-one right now. Okay. Um, okay. And he said his goal was to play until he's forty-five. So this yeah. will this will get him beyond uh, playing till he's forty-five. But as you said, the bigger thing: nineteen million dollars. That's a ton of money um, in terms of cap room. That is well, the cap money. went down. The cap went down from one ninety-one last year to one eighty-five this year. 
because of the pandemic and stuff and revenue sharing and everything else. So it is absolutely imperative that uh, teams are going to, you know, value their players and, and slot them and everything. But um, the, the fact that he went and, you know, they approached him and redid his contract, he's going to get his money. It's going to just be over time. Right. And the whole thing with the cap uh, and um, money spent, a lot of people don't understand that the cap is accounting. The cap is not, it's not just money, it's accounting. Um, and so a lot of times, like with Garoppolo, with the 49ers, the first year he signed his deal, he, he was a $40 million cap hit. And they did that because they had room in the cap, but also to give him all his money or a lot of money up front so he would be easier to get rid of uh, or if something happened, it'd be less cheaper in the long run. And people that work the salary cap, they're, they're geniuses. They really are uh, because that that's what dictates who, who you can have on your team. No, that is its own sure. right, right. science in, in itself. But, uh, yeah, Tom Brady, how do you – let me ask you this. Playing until you're 45. I, you know, what's, what's the secret of that? Is it just that he's played, he hadn't got hit that much? Uh, Greg? What, no, no. What's the secret? No. Well, first of all, the secret is that for him, uh, he eats immaculately. I mean, everything is planned out for him. Um, he spends over a million dollars plus a year, just like LeBron James does on his body. Um, he has a personal chef one that, that uh, shops for him, knows what he likes, doesn't just cook for him, but cooks for the family, um, but also um, has his micro and macronutrients laid out. I mean, not to be too specific, but um, he, he has, uh, with the personal masseuses, acupuncture, everything that whatever works for his body, um, but he really has dedicated himself to the game of football as evident, uh, you know, when he's in the Super Bowl weeks, he, he kicks out his family out of his house 12 days before the game uh, because he doesn't want to be interrupted. Um, and he, you know, he does spend time with his kids and his wife and something, but this is his job. This is what he does. And he wants to be the best ever to ever play the game. And, and he's already put his mark on that. And even Joe Montana, uh, even recently, uh, said that by far he's the best quarterback of all times, even though some older folks would argue Bradshaw or Montana would be that guy. But, you know, if you take care of yourself um, and can still play at the same, the same level, um, and Brady doesn't fool himself when his skills diminish, even though he never really had the, the best arm or anything else uh, coming out of the combine. If you look at the picture, I mean, even his guys for the Super Bowl party uh, had shirts made up of Brady's uh, combine photo with his just his shorts on and that milky white body, you know, <laughs> right. but, but, but that, that picture has, has been in his gym or wherever he worked out for his whole entire life, right. it's still, it still gives him the juice to work out. And you can't pay for that. 
So this is a special combination of a lot of things. Um, but his willingness to sacrifice for the team, um, and I don't know if you realize this, but you know his wife is worth double of what Tom Brady's worth. Yep. I read that. In, in, yeah, in net worth. His wife is worth double of what Brady's worth. So the money is not the driving force in him. What it is is championships. And when your hands get so heavy because of the rings that are on them, it's pretty tough <laughs> to ignore. Yeah. Yeah, and when Joe Montana... Well, he's, when, he's only got three more rings to win. When, to yeah. when, <laughs> when Joe Montana calls you the GOAT, Right. Yeah. That's a that's the end of the discussion. Okay. Um, yeah. And again, I say that as a 49er fan. I mean, you cannot doubt. You know. Um, and and I, I, uh, I, I, a friend of mine used to be a New England Patriot fan, and uh, and uh, it was this. Uh, Belichick is a genius, and I said, well, you know, Belichick wasn't so much a genius when Drew Bledsoe was up there. He wasn't so much a genius in Cleveland when he was there. I think Tom Brady has a little bit to do with this. Oh, no, you know, we just reload and all that bullshit, right? And, um, and, and I'm sure Bill Belichick is really good at what he does. But when you have a guy like that who's that kind of a unique talent and he's the greatest quarterback that's ever played this game, it covers up for a lot of other people's mistakes. And he bails you out an awful lot. So I, I find that that interesting because he is that unique of a talent. I mean, you look at him as a decision maker and leader under stress. And, you know, I mean, it's it, to me, he and Joe Montana are the quintessential guys when uh, – and I love the story about Joe Montana when – uh, that one of his John off- Candy. yeah the John Candy story Harris Barton tells they're in the you know there's what tw- you know 30 seconds left and they're down near the goal line and and the TV timeout and and they're standing there and the place is going crazy guys in the huddle are fired up and Montana looks at Harris Barton and says hey H check it out that's John Candy over there and Harris <laughs> Barton, Harris Barton says I knew we were gonna win. Because that guy is as cool as it gets, right? This all He's the quarterback. He's making decisions. And I, as a 49er fan, he'd come out of the huddle and he would lick his fingertips, right? And he, you'd just see his head moving around. And uh, when, that, when a guy like that that has that kind of cool under pressure, that's its own special gift. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and, Br- and, you know, Tom Brady... Tom Brady has it, but to do it into your forties in that league at the speed of that league—that's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing. And that did is you, some serious you, speed, too. Oh man! Did Did you see who the Patriots signed today? Cam Newton to a one-year deal. Yeah, one year. fourteen million dollars, which is a bargain for a quarterback because. Taysom Hill for the Saints is getting seventeen million, and he's not even the starter. Um, but you, you know, when you look at, um, leaders, whether they be in sports or anything else, there's some characteristics that they have and cool under pressure is definitely one of them. Um, and that's not it, it, it to a certain degree, you can learn some tricks and trades, but that's an inherent personality trait. Right. Um, right. that no, right. he exemplifies a guy like Montana, a guy like him, a guy like Bradshaw, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, 
they don't look uh, to, to not have the ball in their hands when it's nut-cutting time. They want the ball. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that because they fear the, you know, the negativity. And it reminds me of a story, Mac, that I tell a lot of the guys that I work with. Um, and, and for some reason, they just gravitate to it. And it's about a story about a, a native Canadian grandfather that lives way up in northern Ontario. And every summer, he gets his two nephews uh, for the whole summer. And he teaches them the native way of trapping, uh, catching fish, you know, making fire, making shelter, all this kind of stuff. And the day before they go back to the city, one of them is Thunder Bay. Uh, the other one is a huge town in, in Ontario called Toronto. And he says to them, I want you to understand when you go back to your place, that inside each of you is two wolves. And they, uh, the Native Americans and Native Canadians always look at wolves with reverence because they're the alpha in, in, in the area, other than obviously grizzly bears, but they hunt in packs, they do certain things. But he said, there's two wolves within you. The one wolf is the wolf that has doubt, has fear, and cowers um, and, and moves away from the spotlight. The other wolf is the wolf that relishes um, any challenge that you give him. He's out to feed. He's out to conquer. He's not. He's rarely scared of anything, and he goes out and he leads the pack. And he asks them, both of them, which wolf is inside of you? And what do you think that they said? Those kids, what did they say? Well, I have yeah. no idea. What, what do you think they said? I have no idea. Well, he said, the wolf that comes out in you is the one that you feed. He says, if you'd starve the wolf that's scared, that's afraid, if you starve him, he's going to not have the energy to fight. But if you feed that good wolf, the wolf that is a leader, the wolf that, that goes out and protects his own, um, that fights for everything that he has. If you feed that wolf with positive self-talk and a plan and preparation and everything, that wolf is going to run the furthest and be able to lead for the longest. So it's your decision. And he basically puts it on them. And see, that's what Brady and guys like Montana, they've decided to feed the good wolf. And if you look at an, an athlete analogy, isn't that one of the best? I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that. I, I think Why that, that? I, well, because I, I don't think everybody can do it. I don't think it's simply like, I want to do it. I, and, and I'll, no. you know what I'm saying? I think they're, yeah. they're unique and gifted individuals as 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 leaders and and they have a as you were saying they have this unique combination of skills and and i and, yeah. and that has to be nurtured i know that but i i i don't know i think that is uh, and and i'll tell you what, and i've seen it in a different in a different way right in iraq and afghanistan and and when 
you know, when people have to lead and, you know, and, and, and if you, and, and the, the idea of failing, I mean, it's paralyzing to some people and they just can't do it, you know? But and, see, that's what, that's what I'm talking about though, Max. See, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is you're not necessarily going to rise to a Brady-esque person or a Montana-esque person, but what you can do, you can be if better. you feed the good wolf, a good wolf within yourself, you can maximize your abilities. Right. And I no. think that's what he's talking about. Right. No, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. And see, that that's that's where the analogy, I mean, obviously, not everybody's going to be at this level or right. a certain this and that. But, you know, with Kim in the restaurant business and the way he treated people, he fed the good wolf often. It wasn't the, the whip and the chains and everything else. With you uh, being a leader, whether it be on the radio or uh, as a major or whatever, uh, you try to find out what makes your people tick and feed that. That's feeding the good wolf. And when you can stop the, the negativity and people just dwelling on, you know, well, what if I don't do this? And what if I don't do that? That's feeding the bad wolf. That, that is where the lesson lies. Right. Right. Kim, thoughts on that? I, I agree. I, I, I uh, pretty much because uh, I, I know for me, uh, my moment was uh, after the flood and uh, losing two joints and uh, the determination to come back, uh, especially with Sanders, you know, uh, I, I had to dig in and, and say, okay, I'm going to, we're going to come back and we're going to come back better. And uh, it drove me. And uh, so I, uh, yeah, I, I understand that for sure. And uh, it's it's within you to uh, to motivate yourself and, and to drive yourself and to achieve. And uh, either either on the bus or you're off the bus. And and uh, and with my crew, they they all bought in and they were all on the bus and. Uh, and that was a great feeling that, that we all played together and worked together. And uh, that's, that's why I love the restaurant business. And that's what I miss about it was the camaraderie and the teamwork. And uh, speaking, you know, speaking but, of that. Um, well, hold on, Mac, I wanted to tell Kim that I took my son the other day just for a father-son dinner. And we went to the, the new skies, the old Sanders. Um, and we were there at 4.30 um, because he was so hungry. He didn't want to wait till dinner time. But anyway, he got a burger. We got a burger and sat down. And I got the, the liver pate dish like I always do with the uh, pickles and onions and pickled grapes. Um, yeah. But he looked, at, he looked at me and he said, Dad, do they still have the, the uh, Mr. Kim's calamari with the ramalad? And just the fact that my... My freshman son knows the word Ramalad is fantastic <laughs> for me. Um, but he, cool. And I said, I said, I don't know, let's order some. And he, the waiter came and he was so happy. He said, sir, can we please have uh, some calamari with extra Ramalad? And then I watched his face just wither as the man said, uh, we're not carrying calamari now. We can't get it because of COVID. 
I apologize. And it was like someone oh. shot my kid in the face. <laughs> poor little. Honestly, but poor little. But the only thing by that. The only thing that got him through that was that he could have a creme caramel after the dinner. So he, it was okay. He it sucked, was okay. He sucked it up. Yeah. The well, um. Uh, yeah. Go ahead, Kim. No, go ahead, Mac. <laughs> That's awful sweet. I, I just. I'll tell and, you what. Uh, what a thing that I, you know. Listen to this, uh, Colleen. Um, they haven't played volleyball all year. Because you couldn't play anything indoors okay. uh, here in California. Yeah. So I'm talking to her, and I and she's like, well, i got to go get a physical. And, uh, no, I've got to go get a COVID test, and I've got to fill these forms out. Because we're going to play three games. And I said, three games. And I said, why only three? Because California Interscholastic Federation says... Um, <clears throat> that we have to be done by March 21st. And I'm thinking, well, normally that has to happen because, um, you know, you have, you know, state playoffs. Yeah. Well, there's not going to be that this year. And so why doesn't a grown-up someplace say, you know what, you guys can schedule games as you want. You can play indoors with these protocols and you can, you know, you can have league or, you know, you can have league and conference championships because there won't be any state championships this year. And because these, some of these athletes, I mean, they, you know, worked their whole life. They're seniors in high school. You know, they're not going to, not going to get to play, not going to get get to play basketball, not because it's indoors, not going to get to play, um, even though, you know, NCAA is playing, but, you know, you can't play indoors here in California. It's just... I'm so sick of educators, you know. Um, it's just, to me, ridiculous. Um, the teachers' unions around the country, I mean, what a bunch of bullshit, uh, in my opinion. And, and again, if, there's, if, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if you have high comorbidity things, then I got it. You can't teach. But what about everybody else, right? 80-plus <coughs> percent of the COVID deaths in the country – you know, have come from people 65 years and over. And our kids have been sitting around. And, and, and then, you know, you just kind of expand that to sports. I mean, you know, I know they've been playing up in North Dakota. But, but you know, it's just, I, I mean, yes, Dad, we have to be done by March 21st. Why? I don't know. Because there is no reason. There is no reason. Yeah, why. there is. Yeah, what? there is. Because they're, they're, it's called CYOA. That's what it is. Cover your own ass. Right. And they're all concerned about liability. And they're all concerned about the one case where someone gets sick, even though they're in their teens or whatever. Because, yes, 80% of deaths have been uh, a certain age or older with uh, extenuating circumstances as far as health is concerned. But there has been... I know even in North Dakota, deaths of of uh, early 20s, uh, late teens, um, you know, for, for even as young as 14. And I think they're always operating under the umbrella of fear, Mac, and covering their own ass. That's why. You're asking why? I believe that that's why, because 
California, the state that it is, uh, it's much more li uh, liberal. Uh, there's so many more rules and everything else compared to a state like North Dakota. Have you, um, but are there any indoor sports that aren't being played in North Dakota? No, they're still wrestling here. Nah. <laughs> you, you can't get any more contact than wrestling. I don't think you can. No. Unless you started just kissing for a contest. <laughs> Unless you do the kissing booth at the county fair. But that's not a high yeah. school sport. Um, that's Revenge of the Nerd Revenge of the Nerds. There you go. The uh nah, it's just I agree with you. It is cover, it's all cover your ass. How do you make it safe for everybody? For a hundred percent of the people, the answer is you can't. Right? If you're gonna wait for that day, then good luck to you. I but it's just um you know, I don't you know, you you I mean, I, I can only imagine the frustration as a parent if, you know, you thought your son might or daughter might be eligible to be get a scholarship in a sport. And, you know, people just said, yeah, we're not going to play it this year. But we're playing football outdoors because so, it's an outdoor sport. Got that. All right, but we can't play anything well, else. Well, look at, look at what the NCAA did for FCS football. They moved it unprecedentedly from, from fall to spring. And they're having a season, and there hasn't been uh, a bunch of teams saying we can't play because of a positive test, um, we can't do this and we can't do that. So it just proves that if you want something to get done, you have to put certain protocols in place, but it can be done. And, and everyone's wanting to cancel stuff because that's the easiest thing. And it's 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 not it's not beneficial for the kids. And in another unprecedented move, the NCAA granted a free year of eligibility last year for the COVID thing. Right. So, I mean, they're trying to make their best out of doing things because they're losing money. And now, the, um, the the basketball tournament is all being held in one state this year. You know, so they're getting things done, but at the local level, it it hurts to see your daughter not being able to play volleyball, Mac. Oh well, again, and Colleen Colle just plays for the fun of it, right? And it, you know, my daughter's not in a situation like you know she was going to play in college, but um, I, I I don't know. To me, when when there's reasonable things that you can do, and people just don't have the courage to do them, um, because as Greg says, you're you're you don't want to stick your ass out there. Yeah. Um, it's just to me, I, I've never been a fan of, of that behavior. Um, why aren't we going to do this? Because we're afraid. Right. Is there any other great reason? No, there's not. OK, because they're playing all over the country and you can look and you can see the results they're having relative to infections and whatnot. Yeah. And so anyway, so no, it's just it, it, it's frustrating. The um, But it still it still doesn't change the fact that. I would have loved to taste some calamari with some rambo the other day. <laughs> the uh, cooking question. <laughs> yes. What is the difference, and I've heard you all discuss it, between Wondra and flour? Kim? Wondra is a finer flour. It's real, real, real thin. And if you look at it and you run it through your fingers and you go, <laughs> not much to it, and it is that is that like caputo flour? Mixed. What? 
Is that like Caputo flour, Kim? I don't know, uh, Greg. Uh, I know that that I used it as a thickening agent, uh, and you can. Uh, uh, it works For, like cornstarch, yeah. but not as intently. Uh, and okay. it's uh, a little, it's much, real fine uh, flour, and uh, <laughs> it, it's it's a lifesaver for uh, for cooks when they're cooking on the line and and say they're they need to thicken something just just briefly and not too thick, but just a little uh, consist uh, thickness, and they'll take that wander and shake it in there, and uh, it comes in a blue tube uh, uh cylinder and uh, yeah. <laughs> put a couple of dustings in there and whisk it really good because if you don't whisk it it just lumps up like so if you're if you're making a roux though kim a, a true roux for anything what what are what's your go-to flour uh all-purpose flour uh yeah uh, yeah yeah, pretty much uh, all-purpose flour, and uh, it's equal parts of uh, that flour and equal parts yeah. of flour and, and uh, uh, oil or butter, uh, you yeah. know, like a half yeah. a pound of uh, flour to a half a pound of butter. And then you have to stir that and continue stirring it until you get this nutty aroma. And, uh, yeah. and the you stir it if you want to do Cajun cooking. Then you, uh, the longer you stir it in a cast iron skillet, the darker it becomes. And then you get a dark roux, but it's not burnt. It just, it's just a more intense flavor. And oh, then the you add your liquid. Un- the taste is unbelievable. Like when you make a roux, like I, I remember you showing me how it changes. Uh, one time you showed me in the pan with the equal parts flour and uh, butter you were using, and then how it changed from a light brown to dark brown, and the taste uh, that you can get with your soups or stocks or or even any any kind of sauce, it was amazing. It, it's tremendous, and and I love roux, and uh, I, I used to use roux all the time for for sauces, and I make a bechamel sauce. I know you do, Greg, and. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it it really helps the consistency of of the uh, uh, you know of the bechamel sauce and you can you can also when you're melting uh, your butter and flour you can put in a little bit of garlic or some onions and uh, yep. and then just cook those with the roux and then when you add the okay. liquid uh, it, it you get it. The more liquid you add, uh, the larger the volume and the thinner the roux becomes. So, Mac, and, and yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, Mac, there is something that Kim has taught me and turned me on to that you can make for your kids. It's so easy. It's called steak au poivre. It sounds like a fancy deal. Yeah, but it's really not. Like, yeah. It's who's so it's who's really making not. that? Come on. No, hey, let me tell you something. Anybody you get, it. uh, yep, it's it's a few cuts of quality steak, maybe yeah. two or three steaks that you put in a pan, yeah. and you put put it on high heat, uh, medium to high, 
and sear the steaks on both sides, cook them maybe three minutes aside, take them yep. off, and you got the brown bits in there. And then I put the brandy, uh, one-third of a cup or a quarter cup of brandy in there, burn off the alcohol. You have to watch your eyebrows. I've been uh, close to that a couple <laughs> times where where my wife was laughing at me because I singed my brows. But after that, you deglaze the pan and add some heavy cream and a little bit of salt and a little bit of pepper, and you just mix it around. Then you put the steaks back to finish just heating up. And I'll tell you, my kids request that for their birthday suppers, and it's so easy. Now, a, a, a little hint, Greg. Uh, before you take the steaks out, that's when you pour the cognac in over the yep. steaks, so they flame and and get uh, get oh. the flavor of that, that cognac or brandy, and then yep. you pop them out and then go about okay. your business. But before you add any uh, any cream, uh, you should add the green peppercorns. Oh, and you, okay. You can buy those green peppercorns. Yeah. In the grocery store, a little four ounce can, and uh, you you uh, want to drain off some of the liquid uh, that uh, brine that the peppercorns are in. And then, yep. you know, like take a couple of tablespoons or tablespoon of, of the, depending on how many steaks and throw it in and then finish it off. Like you said, and okay. and then you've, okay. you've, you've got a championship uh, meal. Hey, I'm learning. And all I know is, Mac, you, you could do this for your your daughter or whoever comes over and they think you're a world class chef and it's not that hard of a sauce to make. But for everyone that's listening to you, I mean, if you, they even look up the recipe, steak au poivre, there's probably a million ways to skin a cat, but Kim just simplified it a, a lot. Um, but it's not hard. Have you ever tried that, Mac? Come on. Dude. That's not me. <laughs> cognac and shit. I barbecue sauce, man. No, 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 no. You don't have to have cognac. You can use just, just no. No, simple no, brandy. No. Steak au poivre. Cognac no, is, no, that's not me. No, the reason the reason why they call it cognac is because it comes from a certain region in France. It doesn't matter. That's no. all. Yeah, exactly. And so buy the buy the cheap expensive. brandy. Doesn't matter to me. That's not me. Yeah. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. Come on. Here's a, wait. Here's another. Here's another one. I'd be curious to know where these guys buy ribs from, and what kind of ribs that they buy. So probably since you guys are local up there, probably the, the, the biggest question is what kind of ribs do you buy? Kim? Uh, well, you can buy uh, pork ribs from Sam's. What's your go-to? And um, my our beef ribs. I, I, I love beef ribs, but they're hard to find up here. Beef ribs. Uh, I guess unless you go to Laddie's or something. But Got it. Got it. Uh, but the pork ribs, and just remember when you you buy your ribs, whether it's the St. Louis cut ribs or or uh, the the big pork ribs, there's a, a film on the underside that you have to tear off. Otherwise, you'll be chewing all day long and all yeah. night long. And once that comes off, then you can rub. And when you do your ribs, you've got to rub them. Uh, the night before you cook them and let them sit in the fridge and uh, 
let that the seasoning, whatever seasoning you use, uh, get in the meat, and then you uh, then you cook them. Got it. Um, but you, Catherine's favorite were buffalo ribs, if I recall. Yep. Yep. Um, I got them from and buffalo. So what would would if you were to rank pork? That's beef. beef. That's like a beef rib uh, on steroids, is what it is. So if you were to yeah. rank those, Kim, how would you rank them in terms of your own preference? Well, my preference would be the beef, uh, the buffalo rib. Would be for or, yeah. or, or a monstrous uh, beef rib, but but that's just me. But uh, you know, when I can sink my teeth into a good pork rib that's cooked long enough, that's not too chewy. Uh, I'm in the front row. So you don't discriminate? No, I don't. Absolutely <laughs> not. Not with ribs. All right. Not with ribs. All right, Greg, how about you? Uh, if you were to rank, no. where, where you get your, what do you buy? What do you cook, like to cook? Yeah, I, I'm with Kim. I, I love beef ribs because of the bang for your buck and how big they are and how much meat is in between ribs. Because there's nothing worse than getting like these little baby back bitches that have like a, a taste of meat in between. It sucks yeah. ass, but they are hard to find here. Um, so when when you can get, um, I have a guy that in Reynolds that that uh, you know that has cows that are regularly slaughtered, so I you can get some, about that place. yeah some beef ribs there, Becky and Wayne um, out at, at Weber Meats, um, but. When you can get the Mac, the thing is, is that, yeah, there's so many rib rubs and you can buy them and right. they're fantastic. But Kim's right. Let them sit overnight. And then when you put them in the smoker, the key is not to give them too much smoke. Um, to, to smoke them for, you know, 10 hours or so, but only have the smoke on for the first three or four. And it's a light smoke. It's not heavy. And then two hours or three hours before you're going to serve those ribs, you're going to wrap them in foil and put them in the oven. So it's a constant temperature. And then the steam, what it does is it takes away um, some of the, you know, the skein or, or the, the bite of the ribs so that when you bite into them, you don't want a rib that falls off the bone. Like if you, if you touch the bone, every, all the meat falls off. You want it so that there's, there's some meat sticking to the bone. That way, you know, it was cooked to perfection. Um, that it has a little bit of mouth feel and everything, but I love a dry rib. I don't want someone to come in there with their, extra or their special family recipe barbecue sauce i'm not a rib or a piece of meat should stand on its own if you want to dip it once in a while that's fine that's your prerogative but it should come with a huge vat of coleslaw and some baked beans and there better there better be a homemade bun that's coming out of the oven with a little pat of butter right in the middle got it all right before i let you go um uh, Last question. W- w- winners and losers for the week. So anybody, uh, give me a winner for the week and a loser for the week. Uh, okay, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you a winner. Okay, winner. The American, the American people, um, because no, no, seriously, they're coming out of uh, over 
60 or 70 million people have been vaccinated uh, right now, so we're on our way um, to, to being better. Uh, the numbers are declining uh, in, in many states, and also we're starting to get our, a little bit of freedom back, and mentally that's very good for the American people, so that's a win for me. Okay, who's a, who's a loser of the week? Oh, geez. Uh, those people that didn't uh, buy into what's going on with the relief, they're the losers. I think it's Prince Harry. Oh, Prince Harry, yeah. Oh, you, hold on. You're giving me shit about Stakeo Plav, and you're following Prince Harry? Yeah. I like Where's the guy. I like the guy. I'm like the. I'm like. I like the guy. And I, you know, you go on TV and throw your family that's made you a multimillionaire under the bus and say you got your feelings hurt. I'm. Uh, you know what I don't like about Mac. You know what I don't like about that is that she brought up that someone made reference that they're wondering what kind of shade the of skin the the child will be. Yeah. Who, who would who would ever come up to you and say, "Oh, you're pregnant"? Oh, I wonder what shade your kid will be. Like, <laughs> come on. Well, come and on. Here's and again, this is why to me he's the loser of the week because you, they sit down as a couple and we're going to talk about what we're going to say, and then you hear something like that and you're like, "Yeah, I'm. We're not doing. I'm not doing this to my that family, would, baby." <laughs> They're yeah, we're not doing this. I'm sorry, I can't do this. I, I'm pissed like you, but yeah, I'm not. I can't go there. I'm not going. There. All right, guys. Yeah, you have it. I gotta go. All have right, a Kimmy. great weekend. A fabulous conversation. All right, see you guys. Bye bye. Hey, Mac. Yes. Mac. Yes. I, I love listening to. I honestly love listening to Kim because you know what? He's got so many things in his Rolodex. It reminds me of my mom and my Nona passing on their recipe cards in a in a uh, box to my wife. You know, oh my god, saying, "Yeah, here, Gold. these are." Right, and right. you know my wife still keeps them, and they're handwritten right, right. in in their writing and everything else. But he, that's what he reminds me of: um, a guy with a vast knowledge of of certain things, um, but a huge hippie, you know, a huge huge <laughs> guy like that. It, he couldn't be like an, on a lot of issues more different than me and you, right. but. He's a guy that we would give a hug to in a second. And that that's isn't that what America's all about? Giving a hug? Well, you know, it, no, it, it's about the melt it's in my opinion it, uh, the United States yeah. is, is about the melting pot and it's about helping people. That's what I'm talking about. Right. right. Yeah. No, that's it. The um no, you know, I saw I was moving some furniture for Susan, uh Mike's wife, and uh yeah. so I'm over at her place and uh and actually uh something really cool her grandparents susan's grandparents uh bed uh susan got from her sister because she has kids moving out blah 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 sure. and so i got it and i went and got it with my truck and then i cleaned it up right um 
did the the wood a little bit of favor by cleaning it and yeah. putting some stuff on it. But you know, you you see the craftsmanship of something made over a hundred years ago, right? A bed that still looks great, uh, a beautiful piece of wood. You know, you you see these you know these hand you know fashioned screws that go in that you know they're, yeah. they're, they're not one of a kind. Um, and uh, and um, as I as I was walking down the hallway, there's a uh, a glass clown sitting in the entry in the hallway that was in it was in Kim's restaurant that Kim gave Colleen. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, and one of the you know Kim had all this beautiful art, and I took Colleen up to North Dakota. We moved in probably 2013. We went back in 2015, and so we're Kim hadn't sold his restaurant yet, so we're in the restaurant. And and Kim looks at Colleen and says, "What do you want? Do you want any oh, anything no. that I have?" Yeah. And Colleen looks at that clown. I want that. I want that. You want to know why? Because it was Catherine's favorite. Yeah. So we get out of the we get out of the truck, and Colleen grabs the clown and says, "Catherine, look what Kim gave me." Cat- <laughs> Catherine's head almost exploded. <laughs> rub, it, rub it in razor face. Oh, my God. And then I said, no, we got another one for you here. And Catherine's like, oh, my oh. God. I almost I almost had a heart attack that Colleen would do some punk-ass bullshit like that. But, uh, but no, the, and, both, that, and, and both of our families have had a ton of history in Kim's place. Um, and yeah. it was very cool, very cool. No, but that's the best part about Kim is that um, he's a giver. Oh, he, he he likes to talk and everything else. Um, and he's got, like I said, vastly different views on many things uh, that you and I, you know, share and everything else. But at the end of the day, he's our friend, and that's what matters the most, you know? Right. No. No. And um... – you know, and, and and that's always been, you know, the way I've tried to do all of this is that we could come on and talk about anything and be respectful and whatnot. And uh, even when we disagree and uh, and 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 uh, I've always taken a little bit of pride in, in 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 not excluding people because I didn't agree with their point of view or whatnot. And Kim's a great example. We don't we don't agree on on stuff politically. Um. You know, and, and uh, you know, it, to include what he just said, you know, whoever's not on board, you know, and again, I was just thinking, doing the math, right? Uh, Joe Biden got inaugurated January 21st or 22nd, something like that. Um, and now we're not even at March. So in less than 60 days, he's taking care of the COVID thing. Well, yeah. I, th- I, I think truth be told, you know, there were other things that contributed to that. But no, you know, you you can't have that discussion. So whatever, <laughs> right? Right. So. Another day. Another day. Another day, or maybe never, or maybe never. Do you yeah. have big plans this weekend? Uh, no, just gonna watch some playoff hockey, and um, my my uh, boy has a little bit of uh, basketball and baseball starting soon. He had his uh, uh, meeting on yesterday, saying. That child start next week and stuff so i'm looking forward to an act actually sitting on the third base line nice. when the sun is in my eyes and watching some ball that's all i'm i'm waiting for truth be told greg's son uh lawson is like the babe ruth of his age group in north dakota <laughs> w- without all the booze and hot dogs 
That's yeah. true. Yeah. So they work. Yeah. All right, but he likes he likes baseball. No, he's and he's he's been prolific, right? He's been prolific. So if you pull up and you see Lawson Lotus playing, do not park your car just beyond the outfield fence because he will crush your no. windshield. No, yeah, that will not be good for your windshield. No, I've no. I've actually had to tell people that, and uh, some of them have heeded the warning. There was a uh, two precisely that didn't, and uh, they paid the price. <laughs> uh, uh, all right man have a great weekend all right take care mac all right bud see you bye that is greg lotus here on a uh friday edition of all marine radio um you know i have to tell you i sometimes i you know i, I it's just head scratching to me you look at you know, again, the good, the nation doing good with the, the vaccine, but I mean, the vaccine development, pretty important. And I, you know, to think that, you know, we changed course in the last, what, 45, less than 50 days dramatically. Come on. But I guess that's the game we play. That's the game we play. Um, if you haven't listened to, uh, the Ken Rogers interview from this week, uh, by all means, uh, please listen to that. It's a great interview. And Betty Rogers, we're going to talk about uh, with her, uh, I Married the War, coming up uh, next week. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Vietnam with a company commander from uh, 3rd Battalion, 9th Marines. Uh, at the same time, Jack Riley was there. Uh, we'll do that, and then Grant Newsham will join us next week as well. We'll talk about uh, some comments that uh, um, outgoing Indo-PACOM um, Admiral Davidson made and get Grant's thoughts on that. So next week going to be fun. So as we head out the door, have a great, uh, have a great weekend. Uh, as always, uh don't be afraid to change somebody's life. And as always, if I can help you help somebody else, uh, please. I have the I have uh, post-traumatic winning and a whole bunch of videos. And um, um, if you think that they'll help somebody, uh, give me their email address. I can give them access to those videos. And, uh, and you and I can help them. Uh, the other thing, <coughs> excuse me. Listen to Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning if you haven't already. Listen to that book. It's a great book. It's a great book. Especially part two. Right? Part one is his experience in the concentration camps. Part two is, is what he does afterwards. And very, very interesting. Very interesting. So, on that note, have a great weekend. Don't be afraid to do something good. I'm out.